1: Talk some ball. 347 9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around, no time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts: Emil and Chad with your breakfast toast. sixteen. I would tell my co-host start, do, Stop doing the Darth Vader thing Amo Calamino and Chad Wilson here with you Luke, uh, I am name. your father Yes he is Yes he is But we're on, nevertheless We're here to talk to you about Anything going on in the world of sports Hopefully we can keep it all to things happening On the field But what, in this time of year I guess we get to talk about stuff that's Going on not on the field Since it's not really football season and yeah, we can talk about again.
3: a little about how about the basketball playoffs yesterday. They were a real treat, weren't they?
1: Uh, this weekend, yes. Um, for the local fans down here, the Miami Heat break out 123 points on the Charlotte Hornets, and some dude named Luol Deng just goes absolutely and completely nuts, scoring 31 points for the Miami Heat. Where'd that come from? Why? Is, why does that happen, Emil? Why is it that in the NBA playoffs or you know, let's not just even say the NBA playoffs. Um, even happens in the in the baseball postseason. It can happen in the Super Bowl that someone just out of nowhere comes up with a magnificent performance. I know you're a man of many theories. Share your theory with me on that. Gordon.
3: Well, I mean, um, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be anything ingenious here. I mean, first of all, you get to those spots in a season, right? You prepare for the guy that's been a pain in your, your ass or the league's ass the entire season. So what does that do? It sometimes frees up somebody else, and they can if they're ready to step up and grab it, they do. So especially basketball and football, I mean, you get a receiver that maybe be uh, Calvin Johnson, pretends the Lions actually made the playoffs. And <laughs> you're focused on Calvin Johnson. So some other guy on the other side getting single coverage. He goes crazy. Same thing in basketball. You know, maybe they're focused on Dwayne Wade. That might be a good idea. So who goes off? Luol Deng.
1: Sure. Um, I guess that's the way that goes. You know, you get super prepared for, uh, you know, a postseason game or postseason series. And I guess when you do stuff like that, you tend to hone in on the folks that you think will be the biggest problem. And, you know, it stands to reason that if you're going to go up against the Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade would figure big in your plans of stopping, and so I guess it opens the door for uh, someone like a little ding come up with 31 points in the game, absolutely going off. 31 points, uh, did pull down seven rebounds. Uh, Goran Dragic comes up with 10 assists out of nowhere, big assist guy in the heat. 123-91 to 91 over the Charlotte Hornets. How about that? Anything this weekend surprise you, Emil, in the NBA
3: playoffs? They were, you know, generally speaking, it was just a bad set of games. I'm hoping as they go uh, the next turn around this rotation, game two is a little more competitive. I mean, uh, I expected the Celtics series to be competitive with the Hawks. That was a good basketball game. Now the Celtics have an injury there. We'll see how that impacts the rest of that that series. Um, you know, uh, the the Cavaliers may be a tad overrated, and will probably get through the East, I'm guessing, just because, it, you know, the – I'm not really sure anyone – I thought Toronto might be ready to step up, but they go out and, you know, they get beat by 10 at home from, you know, the seven-seed Indiana. That was a surprise. I didn't expect – it. I mean, I expected Indiana to be a little bit competitive, but I didn't expect them to go out and win a a game by double digits on the road against Toronto. So, you know, it makes me wonder, is Toronto ready for this stage? Uh, Yesterday the Cavs struggled with the Pistons. The Pistons are a scrappy bunch. I, I kind of expect mm. that to be a, a more competitive series. Maybe, it might end up 4-0, but I expect the games to be competitive.
1: How about the two big guys out west? Well, listen, your top three in the west really showed why they were the top three in the west. Um, Golden State Warriors, no surprise here. Um, well, maybe a little bit of a surprise. I expect them to win the game, obviously. Uh, I've, I've, the surprise for me is just how dominant they were and then how well... They played defensively in a 104-78 win over the Houston Rockets. I mean, if Houston can do anything, it's put up points, it's score. They've not been accused of being a great defensive team, but 78 points against the Golden State Warriors was a surprise to me. Well,
3: and the beauty of that is where it sets up Golden State. You know, Curry is a little bit dinged up here. I honestly believe they can sit Curry and still win this series 4-0. So, they might uh, do
1: that. If, if there are any Houston Rockets fans out there, cover your ears. But, yeah, I guess that is the case. 104.78. And what have we always said on here? Defense is where it's at when you're talking about winning championships. And we, the big story all year long with the Golden State Warriors, aside from the fact that they were chasing history with 73 wins in the regular season, was just how well they shoot the basketball. That got all the press. But here we are in the postseason as they try to defend their championship. And what do they do? They come up with a defensive effort. I guess that shouldn't be a surprise. Let me ask you
3: this. Now, you follow the NBA probably like me. We watch it. You know, we pay attention. I mean, I, I, I don't consider myself a diehard, but, but you know, I know who's, what's going on in the league. I would have to say if you made me rank the top four teams in the league going into these playoffs, I'd take the top four teams in the West, period, mhm, sure, how would yeah. I be wrong? I mean I mean am i am I being too hard on Cleveland here, but I honestly do not believe the Cleveland Cavaliers are better than all the way down to the clippers I mean, in because the, the clippers played a large chunk of the season with guys missing, specifically Griffin, but they had other you know big time injuries, they still won fifty three games. Uh, playing in that conference, I, I I would say that Cleveland and Toronto would not crack the top four in the West.
1: Um, I don't know. I might I might I might take issue with that and saying that if you're in the West, you're pushed to that next level, and um, perhaps they respond. You'd like to think a team would respond. They certainly have the talent, so perhaps they are or would be a better team than the la clippers
3: yeah i mean that would be the only i mean i i just pull up their scoring differential now you got a pretty big sample at this point they played 82 regular season games the best scoring differential in the east was the cavaliers six points a game in the west the warriors 10.8 the spurs 10.6 the thunder 7.3 So and then, and then finally your theory holds water the Clippers dropped down to 4.3. So, you know, maybe you could slide in Cleveland as the 4 there, but it, it's tight. I mean, you could make a case for the Clippers, but, you know, you, I'm just – the East will be a competitive playoff. I think you have a chance for some – you know, if Charlotte plays a little bit better against the Heat, you might have a, a very competitive series brew there. Uh, the Hawks-Celtics, like I said, the Celtics have that injury. We'll see how that impacts it. But first round you might get some more competitive series. But I think, you know, when we get to the next round, the West is going to be must-see
1: TV. Oh, no doubt about that. Um, after these, you know, top four teams in the West get ready, you know, get rid of these first-round opponents and punch them in the mouth and send them on their merry way. I do really want to see how all that shakes out out west. I think that's going to be the real series for us. Um, you know, we, I don't know. I mean, you we have potential
3: for some. First of all, the Spurs and Thunder could be a great series. Um, you know, and if the Spurs and I say if because you know the Thunder with Durant, Westbrook. I mean, that that's definitely a team to to be careful of if you're Spurs. But if they get by them and the Warriors, assuming they get by the Clippers, uh, that that final in the West will probably be better than anything the NBA final can produce this year.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. It's hard for us to get jacked up for, you know, the West champion against the East because we just kind of know what's going to happen there. So, yeah, the big part of this, folks, is not going to be that last part. It's going to be how this shakes out between the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs, and and throw the L.A. Clippers in there. Unless somebody in the East, Amel, Really takes off. Like, let's say, if the Miami Heat can continue on this course, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, it looks like looks like they played over their head a little bit, but if they can come back and put together some more games like this, sweep a first-round opponent, look dominant, and be the team that comes out of the East, then, yeah, maybe we do have a little something to look forward to. But as it stands now, Well, to it's, I mean, Batch- it's, listen, it's happened before, Chad.
3: I mean, you know, people who were... You know, we were kids, but back in the mid-'70s, when Golden State won... Uh, a championship with Rick Barry playing for them and a guy named Al Adels coaching them. They were something like a 46-36, and something like that, regular season team. They played a powerhouse Washington Bullets. See, I'll say Bullets. That's what their name should be. That's what it used to be. It's now the Wizards. But they played the Bullets with Elvin Hayes and Wes Unsell, and that was a hell of a Bullets team. I mean, that's when the Celtics were great in the East and the Sixers The Bullets got the three finals in the 70s, and they were supposed to just drub Golden State. They are supposed to kill them. Golden State, I think Golden State swept them. I think it was 4-zip, if you go look it up. So Mm -hmm. that's why they play the games. Anything can happen.
1: Very true. Uh, And I'm looking forward to anything happening. I don't really want this thing to be super ultra um, predictable. You know, the Cavs come out of the east, comes down to the west, um, you know, between – the Spurs and the Golden State Warriors and you know you have a 6 or 7 game series there and then you know the Warriors win it because they've been the best team in the NBA and then it's just the Cavs versus the Warriors is, I mean is is that what you want to see you you just want to see that or I don't to- care who
3: wins the east I really want to see the Spurs play the Warriors I I'll tell you what I read yesterday and again I don't fancy myself knowing as much about the NBA as I do the NFL or Major League Baseball the, I knew the Warriors, obviously, unless you're in a cave and you don't watch sports. I knew they broke the mm. Bulls' record, so obviously it was the best regular season in the history of the NBA. But what I didn't realize is the San Antonio Spurs season this year was
1: the seventh
3: best record in NBA history. Mm. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. That's that's for sure. But I mean, I you know, know you, just, you
3: lose yeah. sight of the fact that this is a Spurs team. And they played it a little bit differently, which is why I'm curious how the season goes. I'm not sure Popovich, and maybe I'm giving him too much credit here, I'm not sure he really tipped his hand in many games against the Warriors. Not saying they tried to lose, but I, I kind of have a feeling he saved something because he plays the season a lot differently. They went 67-15, and 15, but he has no qualms, just resting four and five guys some nights. Um, he's really not interested in in necessarily breaking any regular season records. He he doesn't seem like he cares. I mean, if it happens, it happens. So while I know the Warriors won the last two times they played and won three out of four for the season, I'm not sure it will be the cakewalk that that would seem to indicate when they play one another.
1: Sure. Uh, And, and, you know, the fact that the Warriors won the two meetings probably, you know, may put them at a disadvantage. I mean, what's the likelihood – of the Warriors winning six straight games against the Spurs. So we can kind of count out any type of a sweep, if you thought that would be some type of uh, – Listen, I'm going to
3: go out on the limb here, and you'll probably get to attack me in June and laugh at me, or late May, whenever that series goes off. I'm going to say the Spurs are going to beat them in seven.
1: Uh, I wouldn't go against that. I wouldn't bet money against that. Uh, Number one is that for as good as the Golden State Warriors shoot the basketball – and I might sound crazy to, especially to the, the younger listeners out there. I just know that in the long run and when the rubber meets the road, you know, making your life w- of baskets from that far out, you're going to have, I mean, look, I just don't know that you can you can do that. They've done it. Let
3: me draw, you know, Let I- me draw an analogy for you and see if it holds water. The three-point shot, living by it in the NBA, and the Warriors are great. They're the best, okay, at that. Is like living by the home run in baseball. That's the way I look at it. When you live by the home run and you can't manufacture runs for baseball fans out there, that becomes very difficult in the playoffs because typically you're facing better pitching in the playoffs, right? So you're not going to hit a pile of home runs. So you know, if you're a team that scores six runs a game and you know usually it's on three home runs, well those teams tend to struggle in the playoffs. And that's kind of how I feel like what you're saying. The Warriors, they'll dust a few teams early on in this. But when they get to a team like the Spurs, what you're saying really really holds water for me because I say they're going to get out, they're going to defend, and there's going to be a different intensity level in those games than what you saw the Spurs play them with in the regular season.
1: Yeah, um, and, and, and that will be the focus. And then you have all the experience not only of, you know, the Spurs team, but of their coach, obviously. And he's a a tactician and a schemer and all those good things. And um, I expect all of that to come into play when these two meet up. Now, the biggest surprise of all would be if those two aren't the uh, last two standing in the West. Yes, I understand Oklahoma City can play some basketball, but I think we all out there fully expect the uh, finals in the West to be Golden State and San Antonio. So that's something I guess a lot so of... Well, the thing it, that Oklahoma jumps was... off the page for me with
3: Oklahoma City and where I think they, in a series of potential second-round matchup with the Spurs where they're at a huge disadvantages, they gave up 10 points more per game in the regular season. So, again, big sample size. Spurs giving up 92 points a game. I believe they led the NBA. If not, they were in the top two or three. But I think they led the league at 92 points a game. Uh, The Thunder giving up a full 10 points more than that. So, for me, that's what wins championships, and that's why I went into my original dissertation about, I think, when they get out and defend against the Warriors in the playoffs, those games may be different than what you saw in the regular season. I think that's really going to come into play against the Thunder.
1: Uh, Definitely agree on that. Final thing before we go into the break here, How much do you think we can take from an NBA regular season into – the postseason. What has historically been your feeling about that? How much can we take an NBA regular season in the big four sports? Oh.
3: I think I think the NFL and Major League regular seasons. Although you get these guys like the Buster only, oh anything can happen in a short series. Listen, it can. But I think the regular season means a lot in those two sports, just because the way the, the way the games are played and the depth of rosters needed. What I will say is in hockey and basketball, I think you can glean absolutely zero from the regular season after the first round. I mean, you look at hockey playoffs, again, not a sport. I I know what's going on, but it's not a sport. I consider myself an expert. But it's it's routine that the top team in the league with the most points in the regular season gets beat in the first or second round. I mean, Mm -hmm. would it surprise me if next round the Washington Capitals are knocked out of the hockey playoffs? Hell no. And I think basketball is kind of the same deal. Now this was, let's be honest, this season was historic. So I'm not trying to suggest Golden State's not for real. They won the championship last year. Uh, They broke the Bulls record this year. But I'm not going to be shocked if they get beat by a team like the Spurs just because Everybody approaches that regular season a lot differently in those two sports. I mean, in, in in baseball, you want to win your division, which usually means winning as many games as you can for up until maybe the end of September where you can rest some guys. Football, you want home field advantage. I'm not sure a lot of teams care that much in these sports about that stuff. I, I, I mean, sure, would the Spurs like to play four games at home against the Warriors? Yeah. But were they going to empty the tank to do it? No.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, sure. You know, one could say there's a really large sample size in an NBA season or an NHL season. So that should give you a reasonable amount for you to go by in expectation. But then the other part is there's just so many waste games in an NBA season because of the schedule, because of the back to backs and the three games and four nights. And, you know, you talked about the Spurs sitting uh, players just to rest up that, you know, that part will kind of plague you if you're into making predictions. Well, what really happened there? Or, you know, you're looking at the screen.
3: Well, let me ask you this. Football, right, we play on seven days rest typically. Almost all football games other than when they they give you that goofy Thursday game, we play on a week's rest. We pretty much continue that pattern in the playoffs. Baseball, we play every night pretty much with an off day once in a while. We do that in the playoffs. Uh, They have a travel day and they go back to play, and it's not like they take, you know, six days off. You just hit the nail on the head with football, with with basketball, and hockey. The regular season is totally different than the playoffs because Mm -hmm. they don't play back to back in the playoffs, do they? Because they want to stretch this thing out till like Fourth of July, so they don't play back to back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that was a part of uh, what I was gonna, you know, even address with you today. But we're running out of time on that. Is how do you? It is April 18th. Playoffs started uh, April 16th, and this thing goes to June. Wrap your mind around that. I mean, the NBA does a good job. of And then they take things. a couple months off. They take their wives and girlfriends to Hawaii, and then they go back to training camp in September or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, that 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 stuff is that stuff is crazy. But all right, we need to get on. Uh, great to have that NBA talk. If you want to call in and talk about anything that we discussed here. Uh, in terms of the NBA, or anything else coming up. Anything on your mind sports-wise. I mean, it, again, it is April, so you know, the whole field is open to you. You can call us on the show today, 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. Or reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron And you're always welcome to email the show C. Wilson at gridironstuds.com. We need to jump into a break. we got to talk about the NFL and all these record crowds showing up for spring football games. What does that mean? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud show right after this. Ah! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed?
2: Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive they have a clear progression drills and exercises along with specific instructions they also have proven sample workouts and programs for you the individual or for you the coach speed is what you need so hurry now and check out complete speed just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed that's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money?
1: Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for twenty-five dollars and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry, the match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
2: summer has gone. Winter's here. But that doesn't mean
1: everyone's putting their T-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, T-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 seven seven team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t you can design your own logos, you do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your T-Shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at T-ShirtSupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, Supplies Pearl, all one word.com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's one 85 paper T shirt supplies.com. Go there now.
4: No
0: child, no child. But
1: I'm pipe up. See that boy right up. He pipe up. Sit that girl right up. She pipe up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. We're back here on a Monday edition of the Great Iron Stud Show, 1025 a.m. Eastern Time, just before 7.30 for you folks out west. You better be up and out of your bed. We're out here on the East Coast. We're up and at it already. You late West Coast folks. Now, look, I was born in New York City, lived most of my life on the East Coast, went out west, Emil, and just for no reason at all, at five o'clock in the morning, my eyes would open. it kind of made it easy for me to function out west. I could get up early and get get after it while others were struggling to get out of bed. but I, I did love post time that, Ooh, that 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 whole schedule really works for me honestly like
3: i I love on Sundays when I'm out there, and I've been out there in the fall, and it's great, you know you ten o'clock, games come on you know then you're done by like four. it's still sunny and nice, you go enjoy the day. it's great. Love it.
1: Yeah, I mean that is that is a good thing. One of the, one of the things I enjoyed about being out west. All right, spring football was in full effect. It pre- I think it pretty much winded down this this last weekend here, as I think the majority of the spring games are in. I don't know if there are any more remaining, but you know all the big boys were playing uh, this weekend, and we had some huge crowds at college football spring games. I mean, it seems. Bigger than, than ever before. Ohio State played theirs. I had a chance to catch some of it. They had a, a record crowd on hand there, Emil. I guess we had hundred thousand people attend a spring game? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean what are you what else you gonna
3: do in what else are you gonna do in Columbus, Ohio in April? What? I mean go to an Indians game.
1: That far, you don't go, go to know a there,
3: John C- what are you gonna do? Go to a John Kasich rally or something? I mean, come on, man. Nothing else going on. I don't know. Go
2: to a Cleveland Cavalier basketball game. How about that?
3: Why? So they, so you could pay your good money and then be disappointed when they get wiped up by the Warriors or Spurs. Come on, there's nothing going on.
0: It's Columbus, Ohio.
1: Someone's in full dick mode here today. Sorry to our (laughs) listeners out there in the Cleveland, Ohio area, but for God's sake, LeBron James plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, don't you want to see that? I I mean, mean, they probably want.
0: They
3: probably had eighty thousand down the road for me at State College. I didn't even look at what their spring game was at. I mean, there's only a few things to do in Pennsylvania on April 16th. You either go trout fishing if you're a fisherman because it's the first day of trout, or you can go to the Penn State spring game. It's not like we're, you know, we're just overflowing
1: with things to do in mid-April. I mean, come on. And you, you folks. Hate- you're not selling that whole Pennsylvania thing on on anyone thinking about going in that area. But but listen, Amal, you gotta admit, man, a hundred thousand. Have you seen pictures of that stadium for the spring game?
3: Yeah, I felt bad stadiums? for anybody. I felt bad for anybody that wasn't a parent or relative that was at it.
1: I don't know. I can't get. I can't really get up for spring games. I don't know why. Maybe I should be. We talked we about this re- every
3: year. Every year we have the same conversation. You know, we mention the spring crowds. You say that, and I tell you, honest to God, and you know, you know how how much of a USC homer I am. I wouldn't go to the spring game. If I was out there and somebody said, "Hey, you want to go to the spring game?" I'd say, "No, no, thanks." It's April. I'm in Southern yeah, I- California. Uh, I I got some other things to do. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I can't get – I can't get geeked up for that. You know, like, I've been to our spring games, and obviously a big part of that for me is running into old teammates. Something I was able to do on Friday night, by the way. I had a really good time at our alumni event, running into old players. And, one in particular was um, an old safety that played with me, Carl Richardson, um, who was a high school coach out in Texas. Didn't expect to see the guy being all the way out in Texas. So, good running into him again and several of my teammates. Um, but that's a big part of the spring game for me. Other than that, but that's though, different. You, know,
3: you, you played. You should go to that. I mean, I'm saying for your average fan, use me as an example. That's what I am. I mean, what? Come on, could you If first of all, you know my wife. If I said to my wife, if I was in Southern California this time here, she, I said, hey, you want you want to go to spring game? She she'd look at me like. And she knows how much I love it. She'll go to games, so she's not one of those wives who, who won't go to sporting events. She'd look at me like I need a psychiatrist.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you can't expect the wife to get geeked up. or you know, But she's or a not a game. non-sports just- type wife. Like, she goes to games and
3: she'll have a good time at a game. But I'm, what I'm trying to use that as an example, I, I love it. I just don't understand... You're just watching guys go through the motions. You don't know what the objectives of the coaching staff. Some teams play the spring game harder than others. Some it's really, you know, really, really vanilla defensively. It, you don't know what they're trying to achieve, so you're just watching guys in shorts, run, you know, almost in shorts. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like one step from that. They're, they don't want to get hurt naturally. I don't know. Like, what's Man, the big I don't
1: accuse you of being like a Pittsburgh fan. I think I just might have to put that on you today. Just, yeah, I don't Maybe know. I am. I guess. I We're guess. Be a real Listen, fan. We
0: have... Like the real
1: college football fans, Emil just can't stand being away from it. Their heart is broken when there's no football. So when football does pop up, they'll take it in any form possible. And that means a spring game where it's uh, a running clock. Um, you've got backups in there a lot. And you do fuddy duddy stuff in between, like have a long toss or a student body, uh, 40-yard dash competition and all. Hey, listen, do you not remember, <laughs> do you not remember, I know all the fans can remember, uh, during the Al Golden era where you had a half of spring game played on half the field, and the other half of the field, it was a carnival event uh, for the young kids, bounce houses and other goodies. Do you remember that? That happened. No, I but I to- I common. totally believe it because
3: I'll be honest, there's another place. If I'm in South Beach in April... Okay, the last place I'm
1: heading is the Miami Spring Game. Sorry, man. Well, I don't know that what the attendance was to the Spring Game here at the University of Miami, but that's. Did they count you and your friends?
3: Because because of what, it couldn't have been very large if I removed the former ca-
1: Hurricanes. Well, admittedly, I did not go to the Spring Game. I went to the alumni event on Friday. Well, good for you, Sam! I'm proud of you. <laughs> I mean, Saturday I had, you know, a training session that I really wanted to be ready for, and I didn't want to have to hustle from the spring game over to that. So, you know, that was a story there. My son, Marco, did go. So, if there are any uh, Miami fans that are in the recruiting that, you know, before you go calling me uh, all the names that you want to call me, uh, Marco did go to the spring game, went with his teammates from American Heritage. They took a bus, about 20 of them, went over there and watched the spring game. So, I know that's more important to the fans there than, uh, myself attending. So while I didn't attend, he did
3: attend. Well, l- I- I- listen, to, listen. To where I'm located, you know, I'm I'm about two hours west of New York City, two hours north of Philadelphia. So the Eagles have their training camp down in the Allentown Bethlehem area. For those of you in Florida, think Bethlehem Steel back in the day. That's where that was. That's right. where that is. Think Billy Joel song Living Here in Allentown. That's what that's about. Okay, so they have it down at Lehigh University. Great school, really good school, top notch. Um, and that's where they have a training camp. We have guys up here, you know, the Eagle fans where I'm surrounded by them. You know, they get all wide at am going down to see training camp. And, I mean, I'm tr- I'm trying not to be a wide guy. I'm just, oh, yeah, it should be fun. It should be great. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not an Eagles
1: fan. We all know you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. And uh, that's where your heart lies. So I think if you went to an Eagles practice, um, your sole purpose would be to heckle. Um, anyone there, to heckle the team and anyone you saw chairing for the team. There's a good the chance George I'd be Bulldog.
3: bloodied at one of those events, and you would ha- be missing a host uh, for the following show.
1: We've seen how Eagles fans get down. There's plenty of video out there uh, on the Internet, on YouTube, of Eagles fans uh, throwing right to – I mean, the Eagles were the, the only team to ever have a, a jail in their stadium. Oh, that, oh
3: that, that that is that is
1: true, and I'm telling you what, if the Flyers fought like the Eagles
3: fans do, the Flyers would be a much better hockey team. That's that's a true statement. Oh, okay. They,
1: drum, hit, drum hit on that one, folks. Hit the drums on that one. Well, you got you snuck that one in. I don't know why they let you live in Pennsylvania. You're constantly kicking them in the nuts with their sports team. Uh, another big crowd. For A spring game was in Georgia Which is typical because you've got A brand new regime there, Kirby Smart Former Alabama defensive Coordinator, new guy there in Georgia And all the reports are The reports are that uh, Jacob Eason, the freshman, early enrollee Did well to impress the 93,000 plus on handle See the Georgia Bulldogs spring Game, so I want to talk about this, Emil In the part of this this program When we're talking college football there are a ton of new hires out there. Uh, we can't be expected to remember all of them, but if you had to guess, who is going to come away as as the best hire just off of this 2016 season? Who do you think is going to look the best in their new in their new digs in their new polo? Who's gonna Who's gonna look the best? I'm going to provide you with two two names, and it won't be Kirby Smart, not because
3: I think he'll do necessarily a bad job. I think he's in a little bit of a tough situation in that his best quarterback is going to be Ethan, who's a true freshman. Um, and he's playing, you know, in that SEC East where I think Florida uh, and Tennessee I expect to be both very good. I think Florida's going to have a good year. there. So uh, this year, I think the, the guy, you're going to laugh at me. When I say, number one, is going to be your guy down there, Mark Richt. I think he is, uh, you know, he got he took a lot of heat at Georgia for supposedly not winning enough. We covered his record when, 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 you know, when he left there, and you know, I was kind of shocked that, you know, I mean, I understand, I shouldn't say shocked. I'm just surprised that fans don't understand just how much he did win there. But I think he'll restore a lot of credibility to the Miami program. I'm not sure he. We talked about this. I'm not sure. He's a long-term guy there like like 15 years or anything like that, but I think he'll come in in the short term restore some instant credibility to the program. He's a high character guy. He's a good football coach, and I think you'll see Miami play much more much sounder football technically, and with the talent base they have, I think they can be a a pretty darn good football team this year, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And Okay. The other guy is, is I'm, I'm going Homer. I think uh, I think Helton's going to do a good job at USC. I mean, he's a coach's son. I like what I've seen from the guy and heard from him so far. Much more substance, as I like to say, than sizzle. And I think after Pete Carroll left there, USC tended to hire sizzle candidates like Lane Kiffin and. Steve Sarkeesian, and they, they, they'd they go, oh, they can recruit. Oh, yeah, they can recruit. You know what? I could recruit. Okay? Give me a right. clipboard and a whistle, and I can recruit at USC. I'll get a few kids to go there. Okay? Um, yeah. That doesn't matter. You need to coach fundamentals and toughness, and I, I like what he brings. He brings a, a sense of middle of the country decency, just a, a hardworking guy, father as a coach. So I think those two guys, believe it or not, are going to sh- look like very good hires when the season's over.
1: You got a third, and uh, you, you got a third because I want to write these down. Something I'm going to refer back to, hopefully fondly, uh, when we're in the middle. Wow, well, you're going to laugh fall. at me, huh? I, if, I, if, if need be, I will. I'm going to give you Ooh, my you will two, laugh so at. I'm going to put myself out there. You
3: know, I mean, I'd have to. You know, I don't want to just throw one out there. I'd have, you know, because I'm, i mean, I'm. I could say, oh, Kirby. Smart. I mean, listen. I mean, if you if you're asking me, I think Kirby Smart eventually will be a very good hire at Georgia. And I'm not saying they're going to be horrible this year. I mean, but they won eight and nine games every year when Mark Richt was there. So if he goes nine and three, um, is it going to look any different this year than Rick? Now down the line. I think, you know, he may play out to be a very good coach, but this year it might be hard to have a 10-win season with a young quarterback. And the guys he has coming back didn't exactly set the world on fire. So, you know, I'll put him at number three just because I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to bomb out. I mean, I'm not expecting Georgia to go seven and six this year. So,
1: I'll go with him at three. So, Kirby's smart. I'm going to kind of – Go. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say off the grid, but maybe not the ones that people are talking a, a whole lot about in terms of hires. Uh, I want to say this. I think. I think at Maryland, the hiring of D J Durkin is going to pay off, and probably pretty quickly. I think uh, because Maryland has just been lying dormant there. Yes, they're in the Big Ten, but they're a program that people really haven't talked much about. I do know this, I've come to learn this over the years that I've you know, in, in recruiting, that there is a pretty good amount of talent in the Maryland area. And I don't know that they've always been good in securing that talent. So there's a talent base there uh, for them to work with. Durkin has a, you know, he's an energetic coach, and he has seemed to be able to get a lot out of players over the years. So I'm interested in seeing how he's able to do that now that he's in charge of an entire football team. But I really feel like uh, he's going to be able to make some pretty quick strides there, whether or not he can maintain them. Um, that will be, remain to be seen. That's when experience starts to kick in and some things start to happen your way. But I think we're going to see something pretty immediate with Maryland. Well, they got a nice look,
3: by the way, in recruiting of the country in that you're right about that. There, there's, you know the, the the big 33 game up here which is a big all-star game used to always be for years was Pennsylvania Ohio and now it's Pennsylvania Maryland Maryland has good high school football talent unless they get the you know the five star where Alabama and Notre Dame and USC and everybody's coming in uh, they are three and four star type players the good thing is the competition over the years is typically with like Penn State for those players uh Virginia West Virginia so you, you, you know, if they can, in other words, what I'm trying to get at is they don't necessarily have to recruit against Ohio State and Michigan other than on the very, very top of the food chain. So there's some nice players there that they're competing with, you know, those local schools. That if they can get that going, you're probably right. They There's enough there for them to turn that around.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to get an early spike there in Maryland. But, again, like I said, how much they're able to sustain it. They are in a very, um, and no one was really saying this in the last, last four years, but they are in a, what has become a very competitive and difficult Big Ten conference now. So um, sustaining those things, sustaining any kind of early growth is going to be the challenge for them. I also like the hiring of Chris Ash at Rutgers, at Rutgers, like Maryland, just the program kind of laying dormant. You know, they had their time with Chiana where everyone was talking about them, and then they've experienced a period of just being really, really quiet um, knowing Chris Ash, he's, he's got a head coach way about him. And I think he's going to install a certain amount of discipline there for Rutgers. And um, the, the, I think the kind of things he's going to bring to the table can manifest rather quickly. It's going to be the same deal for Ash as it is for Durkin to, you know, can you sustain the early bump that you're going to Well, let get me ask you this.
3: I mean – you, they may they may appear better and they may play more uh, you know sounder brand of football but i guess my mm-hmm. question especially for those two how does it translate into results because i'm not sure where the wins come from necessarily i mean they're in, they're both in a division where they, they 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 get to play michigan ohio state and michigan michigan state ohio state and michigan every year um
1: sure Penn so take your you take your you take your L's against those guys and maybe um, the big kick in the pants for your program turning around as you surprise one of those three, maybe you catch one of those three in a weekend where they were either coming off of one of the games against the other big guy and they're, you know, one of those sandwich games, you know, something like that. Yep. Uh, I haven't really looked at the schedule, but maybe you catch them on a low and that's the real kick in the pants. I think that could happen for either one of these programs because again, you got the, you're installing the discipline, and the big thing is you're also installing a belief there, whereas, you know, with the last regime, things weren't going well, so it's easy once you fall down by 10 or 14 points to a Michigan State or a Michigan-Ohio State to just fold it up and be like, well, here we go again. Maybe you don't have that with, you know, a new coach and someone who's installed some discipline. He's giving you reasons to think why you might beat
3: one of these guys. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I think out of the gate, if either of these programs, what their initial target should be, and I think you got to build, as you always say, in stages, if they can slide into that four slot in that division, right now, you know, that's kind of Penn State. Penn State's the old, you know, guard where they're kind of in a state where they can go in either direction. You know, maybe Franklin gets them going again and they jump up into that top echelon, or maybe they go backwards. So I think if you're a Marylander or a Rutgers, your goal is to slide into that four hole that Penn State kind of holds down now in that East, East Division of the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, just kind of chip away at that. The final one for me, I could I could go Dano Babers at Syracuse, I just think he's going to have a lot of work to do there, and it won't happen overnight. I'm going to go with Scott Frost over at UCF. Now, you know, Scott Frost, former Nebraska Cornhuskers cornerback, who spent a great deal of time recently at Oregon with their offense and all that, now coming over to UCF. And I sense a little bit of a buzz for UCF. I'm down here in Florida, so obviously I'm a little closer to the action here with that. I sense a little bit of a buzz there, Uh, more interest in that UCF program than before. He's going to bring something new there, I think an offensive system. Um, While I'm not always that much sold on in terms of if you're going to win championships with it, when you're considering UCF, I don't know that you're really in the running for winning national championships, and if you're a UCF alum, that's going to probably be the words that are going to punch you right in the jaw. But I think you're at one of the entertainment schools. I don't mean to sound like a dick, but if you, I mean, I think you kind of understand why. No, but program.
0: that's but not necessarily a bad
3: thing. I think an entertainment school is one of those programs where your goal is win your conference, get to a good bowl game. You know, all that stuff's great in college sports, and entertain, be, be fun to watch, and maybe you pull the occasional upset in the out-of-conference game that you schedule with the Ohio States of the world. But, yeah, you're not realistically, unless you get a once-in-a-lifetime talent who happens to, for some reason, go to you know, UCF the way a Ben Roethlisberger did at Miami, Ohio, or you know, any of those kind of deals, you're not going to win a national championship there. It's just not happening. No, it's
1: not. Your, we can say what we want. We can be hopeful if you're a UCF knight. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you're not set up to be running, to be making a run at the national championship every year. You're not Alabama, um, you're not Florida State, you're not LSU, you're not Florida, you're not USC, you're not these programs. I'm not saying it's impossible for you to win a championship. You may have that year where everything comes together. You just have that one class that stayed together and you make a run at. It. I mean, UCF had a great season not too long ago. Or you get some super talent a uh, uh, Jameis Winston or somebody shows up to your program and you ride that wave there and yeah, you find yourself in a title game, but you're not gonna be in the running. So if you're not gonna be in the running, um, you can you can do a lot for your program by being the entertainment school that, you know, is fun to watch, like you said, like Oregon has been. Now, listen, you know, folks, you know what know it makes
3: it very tough? Years ago at school like a UCF could could actually have a better chance when there was no playoff because you could accidentally go 13 and 0 with a once in a lifetime talent, get voted into a championship game, and it's a one-off type situation, and you pull the upset. Now, with the with the two games, you're going to go back to back against an Alabama, an Ohio State, a Notre Dame, a USC, where. The first game you could pull the upset, but then in a week or nine days you've got to come back and do it again, and that's where the depth comes in. And if they ever add a, another layer to that playoff and finish up, you know, say, okay, we're satisfied with an eight-team playoff, it will become almost impossible for any of those schools to win a championship, even if they get into it, because they're not going to win three games in a row against those type of teams. They don't have enough talent.
1: Yeah, so I think they get what I'm talking about, and I sense that there's going to be some excitement for UCF football. And once you generate that kind of excitement, who knows where you could go from there? So I think Scott Frost, um, they're going to experience an early bump. All three of these guys that I've named, Emil, are brand-new coaches, brand-new head coaches. So I have to say the same thing for all three of them. If you are successful in making that quick early turnaround, um, you're going to need – Sometimes the lack of experience makes it difficult for you to maintain that because what comes with that, as we always know, we talk about a lot on this show, Abel, is expectations. So you come in, you go 10-2. and two, um, Now what do people expect from you? The folks over there that are fans for the Houston Cougars, the season they had, there's expectations now in Houston, Right. There's some expectations there. and that's Well, they're going to come expect- into the season and most likely as
3: a top 15 or top 10 football team. So that's a lot different than what they did last year. Now they're coming in with a giant bullseye on them, and the bigger schools that are consistently, we, as I refer to them, the blue bloods of college football, are used to those expectations, and they don't even always deal with them well. So what happens when you get a school like a Houston, good example, that you have, that isn't used hmm. to expectations? How do they handle them?
1: Yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm thinking UCF, Rutgers, and Maryland could be the 2016 Houston. Um, The possibility, I think, might be there, and uh, we'll just kind of see what happens after that. I'm interested in seeing what Houston's going to do after what they did last year. That's going to be one of the big things that I'm looking at, because I'm really into the whole coaching thing. For some reason, that's been a big thing for me. So, We'll kind of see how those things go. Interesting discussion to have when you're, you know, out here in April with not a whole heck of a lot to talk about. So that was our college football segment. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, the NFL draft is right around the corner. We're going to talk about the NFL draft and who are the potential busts, who might surprise us, and uh, just anything else, NFL draft. Again, if you want to join us on the show today, the number to call, 347-633-9365. 347 633 9365. We'll be back right after the break. It's the Grid i Studio. To
2: all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges?
1: Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So, how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844 696 8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC, or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team, and start winning today.
2: O-M-G. Look at all of this
1: paperwork. Are you a business owner, and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? you need an mvp on your team and that mvp is mvp business concierge services they know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers why not spend the time doing what it is you do best getting new customers handling the ones that you have now and while you're doing that you can have an mvp working for you we know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you.
2: They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have
1: you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722,
2: 844
1: my or send an email to info at MymVP.cc and get an MVP on your team today. talking to you it's one of the best things about the nfl season that comes up every year other than the actual game playing and the playoffs it is that nfl draft where all of the hope for the future of your football team is placed in the hands of your uh, friendly executives and that's what we're headed for here next weekend the nfl draft is upon us we talked a little bit about the crazy trade made by the uh Los Angeles Rams, I'll keep fighting not to call them St. Louis, but the Los Angeles Rams, the madness that they did there, um, what are we talking about here today? Well, we want to talk about, but you know, I want to here. talk about, since we don't have much time left, I want to bounce
3: something off you that I think I may have read wrong on Friday, and I just want to hear what you think, and maybe let me throw why I think I'm wrong, and on Friday, you and I were talking about smoke screens, and all teams throw up smoke screens. I mean, that's just kind of what they do. I mean, they don't want to tip their hand as to who they're really looking at. And I had said to you that Jerry Jones was working out Jared Goff. And, yeah. and we kind of both I, I said, smoke screen. I'm not no, so I, sure I'm about that. that. Yes, but I'm not so sure we're right. I mean, they no, flew out. Well, they flew out a lot of people, okay? First of all, if they wanted to throw up the smoke screen, it was an elaborate smoke screen because they had coaching staff there, the head coach, pretty much anybody it sounds like that, that that's going to be in and involved in this decision was there for the workout. Then I read that, you know, from sources outside of them, that basically they were very impressed with him at his workout, like very impressed. Yeah. So, you know, I sit here wondering – is the smokescreen in Dallas, hey, Tony Robo's going to play five more years. We know that. Blah, 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 blah. And maybe, maybe the Cowboys are sitting there saying, you know what, if he if he's there and we're going to take him. Because I'm looking at it and saying if, if any quarterback of this year's group, all four of them we've talked about, well, three major ones, we think they all need time to be successful. Mm-hmm. There's probably not a better situation for a quarterback to go to than sitting in Dallas, because you're going to sit a couple of years and get to develop the necessary skills. So I'm wondering if they don't look at this and say, hey, we're probably not going to pick I guarantee, you that, I guarantee
1: him. you that player is not thinking that, though.
3: No. Well, who cares what he's thinking? If he gets picked, he gets picked. I mean, the, the point is, I think I may be wrong here. Now, he may not be available, and it may not matter, because depending be. on what the Rams. He
0: won't,
1: he, he won't be. The Rams are going to take, uh, take golf. Well, and if they take uh, golf,
3: the Browns are going to run to the podium and take wins. That's so you're you're probably right. He probably won't be
0: there.
1: No, I I honestly feel like that's what's going to happen with the Rams. The whole reason that you did this is that you feel like you need to have this big splash returning to Los Angeles. You know you're fighting for the entertainment dollar. You know that USC is right there. You know you got the the Lakers, the 17 win Lakers. You got the Clippers. You got a lot going on. Angeles you got a lot going on in him. LA. Yeah. That's yeah, that's why the that's why this whole um blockbuster trade was made and you're going to go get a guy that played in the state of California. Um you're going to do that. You're going to go get a recognizable well, name. You didn't you, you get so Goff get for two
3: reasons home. if you're the Rams. The Rams window is open right now defensively, okay? They've got they've got some players obviously on the defensive side of the ball. Between Goff and Wins You would guess, and from what I've read and what I've seen with my own eyes, Goff is going to be more ready to play more quickly, I would think, even though we've talked about the flaws, we've talked about the playing in the air raid offense. He's played at a higher level of college football. So the chances are, of the two, he'll be more game-ready quicker than Wentz. So if you're the Rams doing this, that would be my guess where you're going because this isn't a long term. If you're Jeff Fisher and that GM, you're on a short leash. So so you're not looking for some long term, you know, 4 years from now, Wentz will be the better player. Well, 4 years from now, someone else will be coaching him. So um Yeah. So I think I think you you probably are reading this, if I was guessing, I'd agree with you. I think that is where he'll go now. Here's my question to you. He goes one. Now don't answer it knowing what we know for the last 50 years about them. Try to wipe your slate. Do we just do the Browns take Wentz number 2?
1: You want me to predict what the Cleveland Browns are going to do? Is that what you're asking right here on this show? <laughs> well, let me, uh, let me rephrase my going question, to, counsel. Going to let me rephrase me.
3: my question. Yeah, whatever. The, Would you the take West makes... number two if you were
1: the Cleveland Browns? If I was the Cleveland Browns, I'd sell and, or just nuke the whole franchise. But, I mean, how many quarterbacks are you going to take? I guess. I guess that's what I'd do. I'm not high on either one of these quarterbacks. If, I'm, if you're talking about me having a pick in the first top half of this draft, I'm just not drafting either one of these guys, if it's me. And I don't care how deep my knee is at that position. I'd much rather go the route of what you talk about doing is um, I've picked a guy every year, so I don't know that I find myself in this situation. Even if I'm the St. Louis Rams, I roll with what I had a quarterback until I know I've got that guy. I mean –
0: yeah, I
3: mean, I'm kind of torn on the Browns where the Browns go with this. Everybody's going, oh, they can trade the pick. Well, to trade the pick, that would mean you first need somebody willing to want to move up to take one of these guys, and I'm not so sure there's anybody that's going to give you the king's ransom. You know that that, that you're going to look for. I mean, because the Rams were a unique situation. You highlighted it. I think the Rams' needs and the fact that they're in the L.A. market. Kind of dictated that they needed to make a splash, or they felt they did.
1: I'm not sure anybody's going to give. I did not think so, Amal. I mean, what? Poor Case Keenum can't get a legit shot in this league. You couldn't go to the season with Case Keenum.
3: No, no, you're you're misreading me. I'm not. I'm not saying it was the right move. I, I, I've actually made fun of it. I'm saying that's what they perceive. They perceive themselves, obviously as what you said in this opening of this segment. They need to make a splash. Now, I'm not saying that was the right move. I don't agree with it. They gave up a lot. They gave up a real lot. What I'm saying is for Cleveland, everybody keeps talking about, oh, they can trade the pick. Well, first you've got to have somebody willing to give you all, all those draft picks to move up to two. And I'm not sure there's going to be a long line there to move up to two to take, to take wins. So if you're the Browns, you know, what I've said is everybody talked about Tunsell. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's been compared to the Cowboys' Tyron Smith in terms of his potential ability as a left tackle. Right. Now they have Joe Thomas in place, and routinely most people tell you Thomas or, or Smith are the two best left tackles in the game right now. So my question is maybe you, you take a tonsil and you start building this awesome offensive line so when you do have a quarterback, he can actually remain upright.
1: Right, I got you. Is that a bad idea or am I crazy? No, not a bad idea. And I'm going to say this again: not so on Golf or Wentz or any other quarterback in the top 15 of this NFL draft. That doesn't mean I don't like these guys. I, my like for a prospect coming up has a lot to do with where you're talking about picking them. If you're talking about picking these two in the top 15, don't like it. Top 20, don't know that I like it. You get past 20, okay, maybe a Golf or a Wentz. And me, I'm more Golf than Wentz, but you know they're. Wentz, I'm not big on the whole, you played in that level of football, which is not the worst thing in the world, but your team was just a lot better than every other team you played against, plus would well, they win like five championships uh, in a row or something like that they, they won before him and they won with him, so you just right. so, I mean very- they've
3: won like five in a row, so you're to your point he's that he's playing at the cream you know the the creme de la creme of one double football as far as his team goes. Now you're asking him to make this humongous jump in competition. Sure, he looks the part. He's six five, two forty. I get that. He looks the part. But how many guys have made that jump, being taken in the top five? I mean, the only guy that comes to my mind in the top ten that I can think of that really kicked ass from that from that from those schools is McNair. Sure. Sure. You know, I I, I, mean, I
1: can definitely.
3: I mean, Flacco, no. you could say Flacco, but Flacco wasn't in the top 10, unless my memory's not serving me well today. I don't think he was top 10. Top 10 puts a whole different expectation.
1: Was, we can look that up, but um, I don't believe he was He was that high up. So you got a double whammy with, uh, with a wince. First of all, you played um, a lower level of college football, which is not the worst thing in the world. Not the best, not the worst, but – uh, you also played on a team that was that much better than everyone else. And that always seems to be a big problem for quarterbacks when they, transition, when they transition to the NFL game. Because you don't have that wide gap of talent when you line up on a Sunday. And that's every week. Teams, talent-wise, is as good as you every week. It's just, um, can you scheme better and can guys make plays? And, and the big quote from Tony Romo is, who can handle those last four, four to six minutes at the end of, uh, of a game? That's really what the game boils down to. So,
3: yes, it um, does. You know, yes, that's, it does.
1: That's, that's, that's the situation there. I just don't think you take Wentz if you're the St. Louis Rams. So he won't even be available. So rest easy, Abel, because I know you wouldn't like that if the uh, Cowboys went and used that pick on one of those two guys.
3: Or, I don't or, you know, because know, I'm be, with you. I like I like the players here. depending on where they're taken, but I don't like them taken that high. I think there's much better value in this draft at at other positions this year. Um so no I am not I'm not crazy about it.
1: To answer your question Joe Flacco was picked right out of that top uh 15. He picked number 18 in the 2008. Right. Uh, draft. Well different
3: expectation, you know, he's a first round pick but he wasn't taken, you know, eighteen's a lot more palatable even for these guys. I mean if somebody grabbed one of these guys at 18, I'd be a lot higher on the pick than
0: yeah, I wouldn't cry death.
1: bloody murder. I, yeah, I wouldn't lose my mind over something like that if they were if they were picked there. I just don't want to see them as the number one or two pick. That's that's crazy. Let's jump out really quickly to the phone line. Um, our top caller is on the line. You there with us, Les?
4: What's cracking? What's cracking? What's going on, gentlemen? Now, man, hey, I a hell of a lot. haven't heard from you in a while, but,
1: to you know, understandably, we haven't been on much. As of late. What's going on? What's on your mind, man? You want to see Carson yes. Wentz or Jared Goff as a Detroit Lion? Because you're not a Stafford fan, correct?
4: Absolutely. Get rid
1: of him. Good Lord. He's always hard on quarterbacks. Hey, how about this? Yeah,
3: Les, man? I know Les, Les is not a big Stafford guy. He hasn't been for a long time, now.
0: No, I am though. this, though,
1: um, Les, if you, can, if you can hear me here, is that I think the best pro ready quarterback in the draft is your guy there at Michigan State. I don't know how you feel about Connor Cook but I like him as a as a ready now NFL quarterback.
4: Well, I'm gonna say this. I like Connor. Um he had some uh he had some ups and downs throughout his career. I think he's turned into a solid NFL prospect. I think he'll have the longest career out of all the guys that's you know, considered for drafting this year two thousand sixteen. So um, I look forward for him having a great career, man, wherever he lands. You know, it would be a great opportunity for him to land in Detroit, you know, and back up Stafford To they decide to trade him and get rid of him and send him to Los Angeles or something. And I appreciate, I appreciate that.
3: Let me ask you this, Les. You've got your pulse on uh, Michigan college sports. You know a lot of these guys. You train some of them. Yeah. There's there's been a question about Connor Cook in that I guess he wasn't voted as team captain his junior or senior year, which is usually a little bit unusual for a, a you know a starting quarterback, um, you he's know, not, in a big school. Not, like
4: he's, he's not a people person, man, with his teammates. He's he's uh he's real introverted. I mean, the kid is a good kid, but I mean, he's the type of kid that's like real standoffish. I mean, I mean, I met the kid a few times. Um. Seems like a nice kid, but like I said, he's not really outgoing like most quarterbacks. You know, uh, has a friendly demeanor. You know, he's more st- standoffish. He's like a Kirk uh, Cousins a little bit.
1: Okay. Mm. Hmm. And you know so I he's don't not... like
4: Kirk at all either. You don't like him well, either? hell no. Nah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. You don't know, worry. Hell no. Nah, you
0: got a lot of hating going on. What's wrong with you today? Nah, you you seem not, angry. It's,
4: it's, it's not hate. It's performance. It's performance. You know, uh, performance. Perform, performance based, man. When I see these guys as studs and they got all these talented kids around them, and they're not able to perform at a high level, man, it's disappointing, man. And you look at guys like he, Kirk Cousins. I mean, he had a great career, but he would always lose. Notre uh, Dame Michigan, or Iowa.
1: Michigan football quarterbacks. He's always been hard on him. I mean, ask him what he thinks of John Navar. Go ahead, ask him, <laughs> He sucks,
0: too.
3: Les, don't suck. worry. I, You probably missed this part of the show. I hated on the entire state of Ohio at the beginning of the show. So, you know, I got more going on. I'm crankier than you today.
4: Well, hey, man, like I said, I, I, I love all athletes, man. But if you, if you sometime, in, you know, I'm going to question your heart, man, because sometimes you you look at all the kids that they recruit, all the talent that they have. I mean, Michigan State shouldn't be losing to Alabama by 38-0. to zero. I mean, understanding Alabama is a great program, but we shouldn't be losing to Alabama thirty-eight to nothing with the talent that we had.
3: No, that was that um, wasn't good. That's
1: true. You ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, let Who do you want to see the? Uh, who,
4: do you, who do you want to see the Lions pick
1: with their first pick?
4: I would love. Well, we got running backs. We got tight ends. We got a. a a mediocre quarterback, even though they say he's an elite quarterback. Um, I would like to see Lions take a a top linebacker, middle linebacker, or go give me a solid, you know, um, shut down corner on that side. I'll wait another year for Quincy to come out. How about that? Oh, there you go. There it is.
1: When in doubt, just play up to the host. That's great. That'll work. If you're taking a lockdown
4: guy in this draft,
1: um, you're, who's a guy you like my little
4: brother, man. I would love your son there. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm, you know, look, I'm, I'm sure you would. He's a, a little impartial to cold weather, but not impartial to dollars. So, you know,
4: Hey, what so about, what about
3: season? Apple from Ohio state? He might be around when the lions go on the clock. He, he's a corner.
4: Uh, Apple's a very good corner, man. I liked him. He played very well this season. Um, you know, um, What's the ratio of defensive backs coming
3: come out of Ohio State to be successful in the NFL? Oh, it man, you're, you put, they do pretty good. You're putting your pressure on me, but I mean there's there's some, some good bat, defensive backs like, over the years. I
2: feel like
1: you have that data at your fingertips. Is there something you want to let us know about that? I don't like Bucknutt.
3: Well, that may be a personal thing. I'm not so sure that that would be a bad pick for
4: your team. You just don't like Ohio I State players. Isn't it?
1: I don't like you saying the word bucknut.
4: How about that? Hey man, I'm sorry, man, but it's a poison. It's a poison nut. I mean, what, what are you do you <laughs> do? I mean, you you're supposed to like a poison this, nut? <laughs> this this what you get
1: in April, folks. Talking about nuts here <laughs> on the Great Island
4: Dead
3: Show. Yeah, like, moving right fun. along.
4: Yeah, hey man, I'm just I'm just having fun with you guys, man. I love you guys. Hey, Apple would be a talent to have in Detroit. Um. You know, like I said, it, it gotta, he got to fit the system. I mean, as long as he can fit the system, everything will work out.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? And we can leave it at that. left, man, I appreciate you being a loyal listener of the Gridiron Iron Stud Show, and we always welcome your insight here, uh, even when you're saying stuff like
4: buck nuts. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean you're a gator. You're a gator, man. Or you're, you're a hair hurricane. I didn't say anything bad about them guys.
1: Man, you said I'm a you said I'm a Gator here, and, and you know I got I got listeners. I might have to edit that out of
4: the show. Well, you're not a Gator, but you know you know you support the Gators because your son. I mean, you support the U. That's right. I mean, it, there we go. I support Long Beach Clean that State, up. I support Beach, State Fullerton, and Michigan State, but you know I'm I'm gonna always be you know green and white till I die.
1: Les, man, you know I'm a 49er for life, man. We'll leave it at that. Appreciate you calling the show. See you later, Les. Y'all have a good one, man. All right. Well, man, Les From out west, out there in Arizona, but really from from uh, Detroit, would like to see. And we uncorked uh, the buck nuts in April. Yeah, a buck nut. That's what you get in April here. Well, nevertheless, my my man, uh, that's the end of another great Gridiron Stud show. We always have fun here on the show. Uh, I mean, what is this on, if it's not fun? So, we did that. Talk a little college football. Talk the NFL draft. We'll get a little deeper into the NFL draft. And it stands to reason on uh, next Monday. We'll talk some about it on Friday. And uh, Monday, we'll get into it. Oh, we it promise. Right Wait a second. We promise we
3: will not do a mock draft. We will not, we will not go there, right?
1: Silence on the line here. No, we're not <laughs> going to do a mock draft. No one expects to be right on those damn things anyway. But we will critique someone else's mock draft. How about that? We'll do that, possibly, on uh, the Friday or Monday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Again, we appreciate you listening. We're back on on Friday. We will have a show again on Monday. So all of our loyal listeners, we'd like to thank you for listening to the show, making it a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. For Amo Calamino. I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Can you picture what we...